Hi, I'm Father Roderick, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm here at my local supermarket. I just bought myself some lunch because I'm going out on a walk while the sun is still shining. And instead of sitting inside making my lunch, I figured I may as well just get myself some whole wheat bread. What kind of bread is this? Whole wheat bread with old beanster cheese. This is nice Dutch cheese. And, uh, and just eat lunch while uh, walking outside and recording a new episode of The Walk. Welcome to those of you that are listening to this podcast for the first time. Um, and I also know that there are a number of recurring listeners. What is this show about? In 2017, I walked uh, for a period of six weeks, more than six weeks, from Lourdes in France to Santiago de Compostela. It's the famous age-old Camino, and it changed my life in many, many ways. And it gave me the bug, the, the walking bug, the Camino bug, that you hear so many pilgrims that have done this journey uh, talk about. And so I've already decided that this year I'll go back to Spain and I'll walk the Camino again. Not the same itinerary, probably. I won't have another six weeks to do that, but I will instead opt for a shorter itinerary in a different part of Spain. And this show, The Walk, chronicles both those, um, uh, those Caminos and my journey in between the Caminos that I walk, because something tells me that I may be a pilgrim for life, and I may want to continue this. And the Camino is all about uh, the journey it's about the, the journey of your life. The, the Camino itself is a metaphor of your, your own life. But the Camino itself helps you to reflect, to step back literally from your day-to-day -day journey and to think about where you are in life, the choices you make, and perhaps the road that God traces before you. And that is exactly um, the, the main ingredient of this podcast that I've been recording for several years. It is sharing my own journey through life um, with the, all the, the, the practicalities of the decisions that I have to make and the things that happen and that you have to deal with with you as a listener. And hopefully that journey can also help you in your own personal journey. And so it is a mishmash of all sorts of topics and it's also a way for me to to um, share what's going on in my life and the projects that I'm working on and uh, all, so many other things with you so it's really not very focused <laughs> sometimes it feel, may feel a little bit like a like a brain dump that's like this is what's going on in my head um, but I hope nevertheless that it is in, enjoyable to listen to and I know that uh, at least some of you are listening to this while you are wa walking yourself or running or biking and working out. And so it is a, it's a way for me to spend some time with you as a listener, if only for a short time every week. That's another um, announcement that I wanted to share with you. I'm going to try to record a new episode of The Walk every week. So it's it's going to be a weekly show and this is in addition to the other big project that I started this year which is uh, a daily show called The Daily Breakfast it goes back to a project that I started my 
my podcasting career with, which was, let me see if I can cross the road here. I'll just go to the left here. I'm walking um, um, right outside the old city wall of the town where I live, Amersfoort. And I want to go downtown. And I hope that these clouds are going to dissipate because I need sunlight. <laughs> that has to do with my health. <laughs> Um, but I will talk about a little bit about, more about that uh, later on. So the the other project is the, the Daily Breakfast. It's like a, a, a daily show um, that I enthusiastically started to do to provide you with in both a video form and in audio form, and that turned out to be quite a challenge. Um, also, exciting challenge because I I love to do something more than what I've always done, and I've been an audio podcaster for many years. But I've also, in more recent years, uh, started to learn how to make video and how to tell stories with the addition of, of images and video. And so combining those two is a lot of fun, but also, if I'm honest, a lot of work. <laughs> and uh, I started with the idea that, well, I could just do what I normally do, which is talk about all sorts of topics that are part of uh, uh, my my world and the, the, the passions that I have and the interests and then uh, just record those talks while walking and filming that walk well you know it, it really depends on where you are <laughs> if that is going to result in a video that is worth watching and um, I started in Rome and then I went to a fantasy festival and that was all okay but I think that a, one now that I'm back home in Amersfoort, it, I need to adopt a different approach to make, to make it feasible because I can't always travel to exciting locations. And even talking about certain topics while you are walking, that may wa work for this uh, particular show because it's called The Walk, so it kind of makes sense. But showing people what's going on and talking about it uh, sometimes not a, a topic that is not related is quite difficult to do um, because you either focus on showing things or thinking and talking and sharing so what I'm currently kind of debating is if I can uh, find a, an easier way to do this which will be better for my audience and it may involve getting back to uh, uh, the original way of of producing, you know, these these talks or these daily shows, which is uh, to go to record more of those episodes in studio. I'm still recording this as a video or even streaming it on Facebook or, or YouTube. But to um, and to occasionally add some of those excursions and recordings outside, or do a combination of both. But that would help me to be more consistent in uh, bringing you these episodes. And uh, then in addition to that, provide you with this weekly uh, walk, this weekly kind of long-form audio-only episode. And then there is also another show that this year I want to um, take care of and bring to my audience, which is Ask Father Roderick. And that is a show that I make for my patrons, the people that support me on patreon.com slash father roderick and in which i want, really want to establish a, a relationship with that group of supporters that uh, and and 
engage in a, in a real conversation with them. So hence the idea of let's make this question-based and whatever you want me to talk about, that's what I share with that audience. But that too, as you can imagine, takes time and uh, I have to put some effort in, into that as well. So I'm kind of debating whether it wouldn't be, wouldn't it be better to um, provide the daily breakfast on weekdays and then uh, take Saturday for the walk and to do Sunday for, let's say, live streaming or Ask Father Roderick and more of the, the interaction with, you, with uh, my various audiences. And then in addition to that, there is another big project that is, uh, I think, going to be very important for the mission that I feel I have, which is to share um, my inspiration, the, the sources of, of my energy and the joy in my life, uh, which is my faith. And uh, you may know that I have done that in the past with uh, little Lego animations, creating these little Lego videos that have proven to be extremely popular with a large a large community, much bigger community than the people that listen to my podcasts or watch my videos. And so that, too, uh, will require a little bit of time. So I'm, I'm just thinking of redistributing my energy in such a way that I keep that daily aspect, but I make it easier on myself to bring you um, consistent episodes. I think consistency is more important than just being outside all the time and... Uh, making exciting videos <laughs> um, anyway and the second reason that I want to do this is that I'm still recovering from uh, uh, a health related issue that I've struggled with for months and I just couldn't figure out what was going on nor could the doctor but we finally found out what the cause was of this ongoing fatigue which was crippling and so totally unlike me. And if you followed me for several years, you know that usually I'm bubbling with energy and I have always way more plans uh, than I can realize just by the lack of time. But it was never the lack of energy. I ran several marathons and I've been always enjoying traveling, etc. But this past year, like... The, la the second half of 2017, I was almost bound to my, to my living quarters because I was constantly tired and I constantly had to sleep. It turns out it was vitamin D deficiency. And uh, I recorded a video of the Daily Breakfast about um, <laughs> how we discovered that and also the remedies. And one of those remedies is to be outside in addition to kind of these booster dosages of um, vitamin D that I'm currently taking, which should bring back my vitamin D levels to normal um, in, over the span of six weeks in total. So I took um, the first dosage on um, uh, Monday, and then in two weeks I take the second dose, and then two weeks later the third one, and then I have to just supplement using regular uh, vitamin D um, pills, which are available widely in and of course, you gotta make the right choices when it comes to eating the the, the food that also help you uh, increase your keep your vitamin D levels steady. Now, the the miracle is, and I truly it feels like a miracle, is that since Monday, 
my energy levels have been totally back to normal. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. It feels as if I, I'm waking up like Finn in uh, The Last Jedi uh, like after having been in a coma for I don't know how many months and then I'm walking around there like, I'm back, I can't believe it. I, this is... Father Roderick has risen from his bed. <laughs> that is truly how it feels. And it's so weird. Like, I work an entire day and at the end of the day, it's evening and I'm still like, wow, I, I just feel normal. I'm not tired. Yeah, sure, I'll go to bed in time, but I have plenty of energy. And it, it opened my eyes to how much that simple problem of vitamin D deficiency, and apparently this is a widespread problem, and like more than half of, or like half of the Americans are, suffer in, to a certain degree from vitamin D deficiency. It is one of the... Uh, least diagnosed problems that people suffer from and that this simple problem could go completely cripple my life it is unbelievable and i've also realized that the reason of course that i got this in the second half of the year is that the days are getting shorter and i'm constantly inside i have been sitting at the computer for for months working way too hard, doing too many projects. Whereas the first half of the year, people have been asking me, have you had this problem earlier? In, and I, I remember that I've always had these problems with uh, fatigue in the, in the second half of the year and in the wintertime. Um, but I thought it was vitamin B12 deficiency or something like that, or just being generally being out of shape and, uh, or working too hard or a combination thereof. But in the first half of, of 2017, of course, I walked outside every single day for six weeks. I've been in the sun and outdoors for you know, between six and eight hours every day while I was walking the Camino. And during the Camino, even though physically it was um, very demanding and I would walk sometimes 30 kilometers per day, I still had a, an, an amazing amount of energy. And after having accomplished the Camino and having reached Santiago, I, I was so healthy and I had built up so much stamina, which made, of course, the sudden drop in energy levels even more surprising and, and concerning because I should have been healthy. Well, if it's linked to, among other things, the amount of sunlight and the amount of time you spent outdoors... If that it has such an impact on, on those vitamin D levels, then that really explains the difference between the first half of 2017 and the second half of 2017. Well, I'm leaving the main shopping street here in Amersfoort. And here on the pig's market, I don't know why this is called the pig's market. Perhaps they were selling pigs in the past. <laughs> I have the sun right in my face. It's not a warm sun. This is not Italy. If you would have sun like this in Rome, then you could probably walk around without a coat, but not in the Netherlands. It is only a few degrees Celsius above freezing point. So despite the fact that it's cold, I'm still carrying my, my um, sandwiches and my microphone uh, without gloves. Because, of course, the more skin is exposed to the, to the, sun, the sunlight, the better it is. So, um, 
hopefully it'll help. But the, the difference, I, I had not expected the, the treatment to work this fast. It is incredible that in the span of uh, less than a week, I feel back to normal. And, um, and I'm absolutely certain that that is not placebo. That is not, I'm not imagining things. I really feel, hey, wow, this game shop store has changed. It's gone from one side of the street to the other, and they modernized it, apparently. Cool. Speaking of video games, I finally have some energy left for video games. One of my big frustrations that, <laughs> I would, like, when I had a lot of work, I would look forward to the evenings, because then I could do some gaming or watching a movie or something. And then evening came, and I was like, the only thing I want to do is to sleep. <laughs> and now it's, it's the opposite. You know, evening comes, and it's like, ah, I've got some time for the fun stuff in life. <laughs> and that's important, because I, I need to have those moments of, of fun and, and to relax and watch movies and play games, because that gives me a lot of energy, creative energy, for the work that I do throughout the day and it's all it's all about the balance and that, that is um, that's also a theme that was pretty important let me cross the busy outer ring here the road that goes around Amersfoort while the light is green and that that is that balance has been a major help in in um, in discerning the the difficult choices that I have to make at the beginning of the year. So um, I've spent quite some time in organizing my life and um, in making an inventory of all the potential things that I could do this year. But it's it, I'm I'm approaching my life with much more purpose than ever before. But I've. I'm doing the same thing with uh, the organization that, uh, that I run. Well, I'm not the only one running it. But Tridio is all about that same um, determination and kind of like you want to be... It's what I heard uh, Tim Cook say in an interview, the, the, main, the, the guy at the head of Apple. Uh, he was asked by... I think he had an interview with a student or... A, perhaps even a, a school kid who asked about the secret of his success and then he reiterated what Steve Jobs has always said as well. We don't try to do everything. We are very picky. We only do a few things, but we want to do those few things like no other company. We want to be the best in the world, the best company in the world to do this in the best way possible. And that is a very important piece of advice also for the work that I do. Instead of um, chasing all sorts of opportunities like I used to do or going after every single idea that would uh, emerge in my creative brain I've learned to make choices and to determine um, where to put the energy where to put the resources and try to do what you choose to do as, as well as possible not just in terms of the quality that you deliver or the quality of the of the the product in a certain way that you make but also the quality of life that goes with that i could deliver something that is absolutely fantastic and 
um, you know, oozes quality and, and whatnot and is well received. But if I am totally unhappy and frustrated and tired and exhausted while making it, that too is, well, you know, <laughs> that is, you, you got to subtract that from the, um, uh, from the, from the, from the, the quality of the whole process it's not just the end product it's also the um, the experience itself it's, it's like the Camino in a certain way it's not just about reaching Santiago de Compostela you know that is very exciting but very small piece of the experience it is about the journey towards Santiago it's this every single day counts and if I had been miserable <laughs> for the entire journey and there would only be the joy of arriving in Santiago then that would have been a failed Camino um, and the same is true for work if the end result is great you should also look at how you got to that end result you, make, you may make a lot of money and um, be very successful from a business point of view but what does that matter how does that help you or the world or the people around you if you are being miserable getting to that end result and instead put a value on on the on the joy uh, that you want to experience when you work the satisfaction that you want to have uh, about your life and about you, the, the work that you do and for me that has been an eye-opening choice to not just look at the destination but also at the journey and the journey has to be worth it and that is true for the choices that I make with Tridio as well I'll make this a lot more specific right now because <laughs> this is theory but I just this morning I had to make a tough decision um, I'd, I've, I'd been approached to make a number of uh, uh, TV productions um, one has to do with a series that I want to produce I, every year I would go to Rome I did this um, about a year ago I went to Rome with Inga as a, a production assistant and we filmed four um, episodes of my TV show in Rome while in Rome it was a lot of hard work but it felt great to have done so much work to have so much um, result from just a few days of hard work but I've been going to Rome for several years now and for my uh, for my own good I wanted to do a, something a little bit different the the idea behind those episodes is to show that the church, that faith is not just like a private thing in your own world, but that it is a worldwide thing. And encountering faith in so many different places, linked to so much culture and so many different expressions of that faith, that is, that is so much fun. And Rome, in a certain way, is, in a nutshell, this worldwide dimension. But I was feeling that it was just the same thing over and over again. Now, if you've been to Rome for as many times as I've been, you kind of run out of new stories to tell. And so I had proposed, well, why don't I do a series in which I go visiting the neighbors? I go visit the neighbors. Um, so the neighboring countries of the Netherlands, which is if you go to the south, Belgium. If you go to the east, is Germany. If you go to the northeast, it would be Denmark the land of Lego. <laughs> and then if you go to the left and across the sea, the North Sea, you'd get to Scotland and England. And I was thinking I could do, I could travel to those countries 
they're not very far, so it wouldn't be a very complicated uh, uh, <laughs> thing to organize. And I could bring my viewers along. Plus, those countries are interesting for my international followers as well. So I may even be able to uh, combine. Let me just go to the right here, away from the traffic. There's a park here on the left, which is very nice in the summertime. Unfortunately, in the wintertime, it looks a bit dreary because uh, there are no pine trees. It's all regular trees. Everything looks a bit barren, but it's a park. Nature in the city. So that seemed a good idea. And uh, I've been filming um, last Tuesday in Antwerp which is one of the most gorgeous cities in Europe. Absolutely fantastic. Not always visited by tourists. They think that Amsterdam is the place to go, or Paris, Berlin, perhaps. But I would say the Belgian cities, or the Belgian cities like Antwerp, like Bruges. Bruges. Brussels I would not recommend because it's such a busy city. It's beautiful too, but it's very big and busy. Um... But but Ghent is another one of those beautiful towns. Well, I, I picked Antwerp because that was the only city uh, that I, that uh, I know people in uh, that I could interview for my show. That was fun. I, I I went there not by myself. Normally, I I produce, I film everything myself. I do the interviews. I present everything in one day. But uh, it's winter time, and we have a week with particularly bad weather, like yesterday. We had this storm, and actually the results of the storm are right here on the floor. These are just all branches that have uh, been ripped from the trees. Um, we, we had such a storm that in some places, rooftops were blown away by the wind. Uh, I think there were like 70 trucks that um, were tipped over by the wind. People sometimes on their bikes were swept away by the by the the, the sheer speed of the winds. Um, and earlier this week we had rain and hail and even some snow. And uh, to go to Antwerp, I wanted to go by car because I have all the equipment, which is really uh, impossible, I think, to take with me on the just on the train. Not to mention that a train is a bit of a detour and there were all sorts of problems on the train system. So, But I didn't see myself driving in on my own and just walking around in Antwerp on my own. That is way too exhausting. And this was only the day after I took my first vitamin D dosage. And so, fortunately, uh, we have a new volunteer, Martin, who is helping us with uh, uh, the administration of Tridio. And, um, uh, and we really need... Whoa! There's an entire tree that is, like, right here in front of me. It is completely derooted. Whoa! Like, on the right, you can see that all the roots came out of the ground, and it is completely blocking the road here. And all the branches are on the grass. And it, thankfully for the people, the, the, the car owners here on the right... The wind blew this tree in the right direction. And so, oh my goodness, look at that. You can see the inside of the trunk. And it seems to me that the, the tree, tree must have been already a bit unhealthy. You can tell that the, like the lower part where it broke, 
is like grayish black almost. So this may have been a tree that was already dangerous because it was rotting on the inside. But it crashed down. If it, if it had fallen the, on the, to the other side, it would have would it have reached that old military building. Well, at least it would have crushed two or three cars parked there. Holy moly! So um, it's it's super exciting to have uh, someone that helps with the administration because the more we grow, the more we we need to. Um, uh, I I need to be able to outsource some of the work that I do, and. Uh, He's a very experienced driver, so he's like, if you need a chauffeur, I'd, I'd be glad to uh, to go with you. And so the two of us filmed in Antwerp for an entire day, had some really great encounters um, and uh, and conversations. And I, on the way back, I was like, this was a good day. This is the kind of work that fulfills kind of three criteria that, w- that are really important to... Um, to have in, in the type of work that you, I, you know, in an ideal situation do. It's not always the case, but it's something that I want to strive for. The, 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 those three criteria are these. First of all, it has to give you joy. It has to give you some, 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 feel, some feeling of satisfaction that this is, this is something that you're meant to do or that you're good at. Or, you know, if you're doing, every, if you're doing your work every single day, with resentment and with frustration is like I don't want to do this I don't want to be here that is the that's a very important sign that you may have to try to find other work so that's that's the first one it has to be fun sounds so superficial but I think it's true it has to give you some it has to give you energy as well as costing you energy um the second criterion is it has to be part of your mission in life could also call it vocation and has to match what you think is important that you contribute to the world that can be very simple it could just be i want to contribute to a cleaner world and so i love to clean the park here and clean up those fallen trees and make it a place where families can can walk safely and and uh get a bit that can be a reason for me it's very much like i want to uh share um the inspiration that i see and that i encounter in the people around me i want to share that with a bigger audience and help people um live their lives in 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 a way uh that matches their vocation and that it, and i want to help them uh find their path in life and if what I do doesn't contribute to that um, and doesn't really reach the people that I feel I need to reach, then that may be a reason for not doing um, some, some projects or to, to opt to do something else. And the third criterion, and that is a very important one too, um, it, it has to be rewarding. Your work... It's even written in the Bible. The laborer deserves uh, his or her wages. Something like that. And that is true. Um, you need to be rewarded for your work. And it needs to be a reasonable reward. Um, and so this is not about uh, getting rich or anything. There's nothing against that. But uh, the, the goal is to have the feeling that what you do is valued. 
And that reward may not always be monetary. If, if you do a lot of, of voluntary work, uh, say you work in, in your church community or in your local village and you do a lot of unpaid work for others, even, well, even closer to home, um, the, the moms and dads that are taking care of their kids and that spend so many hours uh, educating their kids and helping them and, and accompanying them in, in this phase of their lives, that is unpaid work. But the reward is the love that, that the children give, give you, the satisfaction of, of uh, passing on what is important to you, build up a new generation that will um, share your ideals, etc. So that too is, a, is, a, is part of, of a reasonable reward in a certain way. If, if, you, if you work, 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 you never get anything back, you feel devalued. And that is something that will start to get at you, and it will uh, it will hurt you. And so, this morning I had to um, decide upon another project that was offered to me, um, and that has a pretty tight deadline in the sense that I would probably already have to start working on that, like next week. And um, it's in addition to some other projects that I've already. Um, uh, scheduled to do one of which is my shows for my international audience and so already in terms of um, of the timeline I was a bit doubtful I was like I'm not sure if this is feasible and if it's feasible only probably without I can't do this without outsourcing some of that work to free up some time uh, for the other important things I don't want to overload my life ever again. I've done that too many times in the past, and I've always paid a, a high price for that. But then the thing was, I got the description of some of the things that they wanted me to film, and I immediately thought, this is going to take so much work. And it's not something that that fits me particularly well. It's something that, sure, I would do that if I can and if uh, if all the other criteria are fulfilled but it's also something that someone else could do just as well as me probably even better than than I could do so um can't can't really go into the details of the of the projects because some of these things are still under wraps but let's say I was looking at it and I wasn't immediately jumping up and down like oh that is my dream project and I really want to go there and do this immediately which was something that I did feel with Antwerp like this is the kind of work and the kind of message in the show that I get super excited about it this is fun this is it makes sense and you know the the it, I get paid for it, which is... Well, I don't get paid for it, but Tridio gets paid for it. So it helps us to grow the organization and to... We can invest in, in uh, bringing you more, more programs and better programs. So for Antwerp, I was like, yeah, that is exactly what I want to do. And with this, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really immediately... I mean, it's, it's fine. It's good. But I'm, I'm not convinced that I should be doing it. The second criterion that I try to, to uh, uh, try to fulfill is, is this part of my mission, my core mission? And 
for me, my core mission um, also has to do with a certain audience that I want to reach and a certain type of topics that fit my mission particularly. One of the main missions of Tridio is to build bridges between modern popular culture, the younger generations, and the culture and the tradition of the church. And to show how the, both these dimensions can enrich each other. And so for me, the, like the, the geeky stuff, <laughs> the, the traveling, uh, like in Antwerp, I, I interviewed two young people and both of them, one was a teacher, secondary school that, uh, that wants to bring back Catholicism in his school. Um, and, but dialogues with the, also the Muslim uh, ch- children in his class and it, just terrific to see how, how much energy and joy he finds in his work. Very inspiring. Another young woman who is uh, working as an uh, entertainment photographer but who in her spare time created um, a beautiful black and white short f- uh, film about the Eucharist which won like the main prize in a, in a Vatican festival for films last year and that too is like someone who who is bridging these worlds of entertainment and the world of faith in a very fresh inspiring way that that fits my core mission that is what i want to do as well whereas this is something that almost any filmmaker could probably do and even the intended audience is a more of a Christian audience. This is linked to a project that is geared towards um, both Protestant and Catholic viewers and those that at least have a certain openness to that. But it, but in in its core, it's I'm I'm not sure if this really fits the type of mm, the type of programs that I love to make. Is it starting to hail now? Oh my goodness, I see these white ice cubes. <laughs> that is not good. And in front of me, the skies are blue. Where is the sun? Hey, hi. <laughs> oh my goodness, it starts to rain really hard. Is this rain? No, it's hail. I'm going to step underneath this porch here. It's a big, nice old house. A white house with a beautiful oaken door with an old-fashioned mailbox. I'm just going to stand here and wait for these clouds to go away. What direction are they going? They're going to my right and the skies are blue on my left. So there you go. And I'm just like in between the blue sky and the gray mountains. I'm just going to walk in the direction of the blue skies. That should help. So the, there too, I was like, this is, it's, it's, you know, valuable work, and those videos are definitely, those projects are worth filming, but they don't, they're not a perfect match with with my mission and the mission of Tridio. Uh, and there is, I cannot combine this. This is another reason that I wanted to do these trips to um, other countries. I was like, I could, this is something that could potentially also reach my Tridio um, audiences. Not with this project. This would be just for the Netherlands, just for the the broadcasting company that I work for. So that's the second criterion that didn't really match. And then the third one, I was like, is there a reasonable reward for this? Is this helping Tridio and um, because they they pay me a reasonable price for doing this project? 
And I just, a few weeks ago, got the, the initial meeting about this, and we talked, and uh, I, I have learned a lot. Because instead of saying immediately, yes, I'm, I'm totally going to do that, and then only inquiring afterwards if there was still, you know, how much they would pay me for it, I was like, I'm just going to take a look at what, uh, what you want, and then we'll see if we can come to an agreement. And so the first offer that I got was immediately, for me, was unacceptable, uh, considering the amount of work, by now I know what it takes to create a video and to, do, uh, to film a project like that. And so I was just doing the numbers. It's like, there is no way that for that tiny microscopical uh, reward, I can invest in this. I would be stealing from myself. This costs at least twice the amount of time and energy than I get paid for. And so I, that's what I wrote back. And then they give me another offer. But instead of, of um, finding, like setting a new price that would be reasonable to me, they just give me more to do for the same price. It's like, well, you make more money because you get to film more. And, but we'll still pay you the same um, amount per video. And, I, and that's when I remembered something that my good friend Cliff Ravenscraft has often said. He's like, don't be afraid to step out of your current situation where you feel like, well, this is income, right? I need this. But to value yourself enough to ask the price that you feel is reasonable, you feel you are worth. And that is scary because at first it may seem like you're only um, throwing away money. You're, You're throwing away an opportunity to make money. But his experience, and he has shown this years and years now, that if you set a higher price because you value yourself and the uniqueness of what you can offer more than, you know, I just need to feed my children and <laughs> this is what they've always paid me. But if you, if you dare to set a higher price for what you do with the risk that then they will walk away, ultimately it's going to pay itself back because n- nobody is, uh, is benefiting from you uh, underestimating your value. If you're worth it, of course. And I know that what I deliver is, is high quality and is comparable to what the, you know, the, the norm is in, in the industry. And I would even say sometimes I'm... I'm delivering more than what the norm is. Like, I'm over-delivering, but I am not going to work. I'm not going to invest my time and my resources in, in delivering such a product if it's underpaid and if it's not valued enough. And so that third criterion also didn't match. Like, this is nonsense. And yes, there is this... Kind of this feeling of guilt, like it, because it's not about me. I don't care how much uh, money I make, because I have an, I, I want to live like a hobbit, right? So if I have a, a roof above my head and I have a bed that is reasonably warm and I can eat, <laughs> then that's enough for me. I don't need to be rich or anything. But it's more like, am I now jeopardizing 
um, the mission of Tridio because I am not taking this, this job offer. But then I'm thinking the other way is, well, if I don't do this, it means I have time. I can put all that energy into stuff that I find truly worthwhile and that I know fits my mission, gives me joy, and maybe also in the future generates more revenue. Um, and I know that thanks to the whole Patreon experience, I know that my audience, my international audience, values what I do. And it is... I cannot stress enough how much of, um, of value that that um, communicates is that what you d what I do what I make if, if, if only the walk like I remember that I um, when I announced that the walk would be coming back in 2018 just the the thank yous that I got from from a lot of you and, and some people sharing for the first time what it meant to them and how much the walk has meant to them in the past this is like isn't this the best reward in the world I do this because um, I know that it is. it matters to people and that should be the criterion that should lead me to the, the work that I want that I need to do and so if I refuse one job offer in a certain way it doesn't mean that I'm throwing away stuff instead I create a new opportunity or at least I create a new space in which something much better can grow And it's that final step that is always the hardest. Because it means you have to not only talk about this in a theoretical way. This is a train. I'm like the train station. Central station is here on my left. You got a lot of trains coming in from Rotterdam and The Hague and Amsterdam. And they all go to the east in the direction of, the, of Germany. And... Uh, I'm on the fringes of my diocese here. I'm, I'm on the western side of the diocese. It stretches all the way to the German frontier. So if I have to go there, I need to take that same train. <laughs> so the, 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 the final step, like making it real and uh, putting into action these criteria is, is tough. But the moment I made the decision, I rode back, you know what, I've, I, gave, I give my reasons. Like, if I just look from the point of view of work, see how much I should invest in this, uh, keeping in mind also the, the very, very tight um, timeline of this and uh, that I, the first videos need to be ready already in two weeks from now. Um, I didn't even mention that, but for me, it's also important to, to take that into the equation. Um, like this is absolutely not feasible for that amount. So if that's the final offer, we'll have to find another solution. I kind of keep it open. I'm not saying like I'm going to refuse, but let's find a different solution. And I, the moment I sent that email, I felt good. I, I knew it was the right decision. I knew that I had listened to myself and perhaps in that also to God. Because I, I think oftentimes... God doesn't speak to you directly, you know, I don't get apparitions or anything, but it's, God works a lot by kind of gently moving you in a direction and, and confirming the right choices that you make because you have this inner certainty that that was the right thing to do. And it's 
there are very rational arguments, and I went over them <laughs> in, in, in this uh, in, in sharing my thoughts. But there's also kind of this emotional response where you, you've got this gut feeling that this isn't right, this is not what I should do. And way too often in the past, I've ignored that feeling. And I was like, well, but, 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 but it's work. <laughs> we need it. And now I was like, no, I'm going to not worry about that. What matters is, is this what I should do? Or, you know, and, and if, if I don't do it, I'm not the one to solve the problem. You know, this is an offer. This is not, this is not my bishop telling me that I should do that. And so it's a very um, good experience. Wow, they have created a set of stairs here. I'm going to go underneath the 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 the, the, rail, the train tracks. And in the past I had to take this long detour. But now there is a there's a staircase that I can go down. That saves me some time. So all in all it was a good experience and I think um, this is something I need to do more often these deliberations instead of and, and well it's kind of part of of uh, the way I want to go forward it's the major lesson that I learned during the Camino uh, it was this I had this unrest in me uh, like I felt that I was always pushing myself too hard and that kind of stopped halfway through the Camino when in a small church a priest during his homily said the only thing that matters is, is, is that you walk the Camino. Why? Because Jesus is the Camino. He's the way. And the only thing he wants is that you walk with him. Nothing else matters. And so the, that made me think so much because I was like, but why then am I always overloading my plate with work? Who wants me to do this? And the thing that I did conclude was, it's not God. He doesn't want me to be unhappy. And he doesn't want me to, he's not pushing me to always work. Quite the contrary. And that was so liberating to realize that I was imposing this on myself. I, I was not making the right, um, uh, the, 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 I, I didn't think things through. And I had this, just this instinct that I wanted to please the people around me by doing what I thought they wanted me to do and the experience of the past uh, months after the Camino was that when I said no very clearly like no I'm, I'm sorry I'm not going to do this the world moves on there's always another solution for it I don't have to worry about it I just liberated myself from a potential danger to my inner peace and it's that constant affirmation now that I know that I should follow my, in, my gut feeling and, and uh, listen to the voice of my conscience that some, some things, you know, yes, they may be asked of you, but it doesn't mean that, you, that you're no longer free to say yes or no, but that I'm in charge. And in a certain way, I let God be in charge instead of my anxiety of perhaps disappointing other people. And that is helping me to be a much happier person. So um, that is, again, this morning was a good experience. Not easy, but good. 
and it shows me once more how much I've grown thanks to the Camino, thanks to the advice and help of the people around me. That is what I wanted to share with you on this episode of The Walk. And um, in, uh, in terms of the future episode, I, I was, I'm trying to redefine a little bit this, uh, this show because I was, uh, we were re-adding the feed to uh, the various podcast libraries and then to check whether the feed would be uh, reactivated I typed in the walk, and then I see that all of a sudden there is like there is a collection of uh, thirty podcasts that are called the walk, uh, or something with those words in it. And it's like, how do I stick out in that? And a lot of the, the those shows um, are, I don't know, it's just not very clear what the show is about. And then I looked at my own shows, like it's just called the walk. Who doesn't say anything? about what the show is about and why you should listen to it. It doesn't really have a specified audience. And that's why I took the decision, well, you know what, I'm going to link this to the Camino. Because it is fundamental. There's this Being a pilgrim is part of the, of the, of the message of this particular show. Plus, it is linked to a very specific experience that I've had. And I recorded a number of episodes on the Camino last year and that's what I want to do again and then the walk itself is like the walk in between those Caminos and in itself is also basically a Camino right if the Camino is a is a metaphor of, uh, for life so that is why the, uh, the cover art of the show has changed a little bit I took kind of like the token blue and yellow of the signs that you see alongside the the, the Camino itself in Spain pointing you in the right direction. I was like, that sign, that is so much what I'm trying to find out in my life and what I try to share with you in these episodes. It's like, how do I find the way? How do I find my destination? And what's the next step in that journey? Well, I'm not sure if that will help, but it's definitely a little step in the right direction of, uh, of giving this show a bit more of a a direction and 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 seeking a, a wider audience for the show. Um, so hope you and you enjoy that. So it's not just for people that have walked the Camino. Don't don't be afraid. But you knew that already, yeah, especially if you've been listening uh, to this show for a while. So let's let's move on. And I I'm super excited. I hope that I can figure out when to do the this this second Camino. I'm already super excited. And uh, for all the other developments around the, the daily breakfast and then uh, Ask Father Roderick and the Lego project, I want to refer you to our website over at tridio.com. It's T-R-I-D-E-O.com. And uh, follow us also on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube as well. Just look for Tridio Media and subscribe to our YouTube channel because uh, you never know with Facebook those latest announcements that they're going to again change the news feed and it will be even more difficult to reach people uh, unless you pay of course because it's a business I'd say yeah make sure that you also subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss out thanks for listening thanks for for uh, supporting me uh, thanks to my patrons and again if you want to help go to show your support of what I do go over to patreon.com slash fatheroderick and I will talk to you soon. Take care and God bless.